All right. Hello and welcome back to the OSF podcast, broadcasting live from the comfort of our very own homes from all over the state of Ohio. We're so excited to bring you another episode of the OSF podcast. My name is JD Laird and I am the host here today. And we have the normal crew with us. We have the Reverend Dr. Linda Leon. Hi, everybody. And we have the Reverend, not a doctor, Corey Hunka. <laughs> Hello. And we have uh, another very special guest on the show today, um, who we're going to introduce in a minute to talk about the topic of finding joy. If you know her at all, um, joy is definitely something that you can associate with her character and personality. So who better to have on the show than Julia Newton. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Julia, uh, before we get into the complex topic of finding joy, we have a couple questions that we need every single uh, guest who's on this podcast to answer to make sure that their beliefs are, you know, correct and that um, their opinions are above reproach and that, you know, we can just trust their answers because, you know, we, we tackle some really complicated issues here on the show. So we really just want to make sure um, you are, you know, able to, to hang with us on the rest of the podcast. So do you mind if we, we ask you a couple questions just to make sure you're, you're good to go? Sure. No pressure, right? Yeah. Yeah. We will kick you off if you don't answer correctly, but, uh, just don't worry about that. So you'll, I'm sure you'll be fine. Um, all right. So this first question that we ask every guest on the podcast is, when it comes to music, who is your guilty pleasure artist? Oh, man. Okay. Okay. So it's hard because I tend to, I try to live without guilt. <laughs> like I try to get away, from, you know, stay away from That's that. Um, like life's too short, you know? And so, but I think I listen. Okay. I think my guilty pleasure is actually the fact that I listen to something for way longer than is like psychologically healthy to. Um, so I listened to like only John Bellion basically for the entire summer last wow. year. So like, like basically like I have some other playlists I go to or whatever, but like, I just obsess over an artist. Like right now I've been listening to AJ, AJR, the band, mm -hmm. um, like almost constantly. Wow. Like, yeah. So I don't know. So I guess yeah. Corey's been listening to Taylor Swift all spring. So <laughs> uh, that would have been accurate a couple springs ago. Yeah. <laughs> not this spring. <laughs> uh, Julia, I don't know if you can qualify John Bellion as a guilty pleasure artist. I mean, I'm a huge fan of his. I I I feel wrong putting him in the guilty pleasure category. I feel like some of his songs are guilty pleasures, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't. Know. I understand it's what you mean. So when you say like longer than that is normal, like, do you mean like a week, a month? Like, what's an average time period for you to be listening to an artist? For John Bellion, it was like a solid four or five months. And that's, wow. and that's the only thing you listen to. Like the main thing, like I would listen to, um, specifically the Glory Sound Prep album. Yes like on repeat when I was like on road yeah. trips, like it was getting intense. That's fair. <laughs> that's, that's good commitment. That, that truly yeah. is. Yeah. Hand of God is one of the greatest songs ever written. So I can't even blame you uh, for mm. putting that album out there. So yeah, listeners at home, go check out John Bellion. 
you passed the first question with flying colors just because you mentioned one of my favorites. Um, so <laughs> I will give you question two. I think we can move along. Just make sure this three-part check is good to go. Um, so the second question has brought some definitely questionable answers over the past couple of weeks to our guests. So I'm curious to see how you answer it. Um, Julia, what is one thing that everyone loves that you think is overrated? Oh, man. Uh, okay, I'm definitely going to make some enemies right now. Awesome. Okay, um, so my answer is going to be uh, pro sports. Whoa. Um, Oh, jeez. Yeah, I went there. That's okay. the end of the podcast. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> Julia, but uh... <laughs> such a short run. Wow. Okay, okay, we'll we'll give you a second to explain yourself. Like I just a little that. bit of grace, please. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm come from Columbus. Um, so I'm a Buckeye, like born and raised it's in my blood kind of thing like when I found out that there's like white and red blood cells in the blood I was like oh yeah that makes sense it's like a Ohio State uniform <laughs> um, so like literally I so I love sports love watching them love attempting to play them um, and so for me like I feel like college sports really have this authenticity where it's just like all-out effort these are people that are growing as people um, and they really put so much on the field or on the court um, or what have you. Um, and I, when I watch pro sports, I'm like, that's awesome. That's really cool. But there's something about the, um, the authenticity that's a little bit lost when they're making millions doing it. Honestly, I think there's a little bit more wow. of a, um, like it becomes more of a performance than a sport to me. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a good question. So, so the money taints the art form of it is basically what you're saying. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's just the money part. I think that's part of the motivation of it. But, like, I don't know. I guess um, I like the messiness of college ball. Um, but the money might have something to do with it, yeah. Wow. The integrity of pro sports is questionable at best. That That is a hot <laughs> take. I mean, you're not just coming for one sport. You are coming for all professional sports right now. And, like, I definitely – I think that there's definite <laughs> value in pro sports. There's some that I like. Uh, but, like, I think I like college better. That's just the the overrated – that's my opinion. Wow. Corey, do you have anything to say to this? I mean, you've been awfully quiet over there ever since you said this. As an avid watcher of ESPN, I, I'm, a, I'm assuming you have a, have a response. I'm trying to be very careful. Um <laughs> I do have a bit longer on my Malone contract, so I will, <laughs> I will, I will be, I'll be very careful with my response. No, uh, actually, honestly, if, when you first said it, I was like, oh my goodness! Like, I think probably like most people when they when they're gonna hear this, just heard sports, and I was like, Julia, no! <laughs> like, I just was gonna be so upset with you. But your rationale makes a lot of sense, and I don't actually entirely disagree with you. Uh, I think I think you make a really good point um it's it's still not going to deter me from you know borderline obsessing over it but i <laughs> i see i see what you're saying and i i don't disagree cool i mean there's definitely something to be said uh about pro sports and you know how much we truly need them i think all sports shows right now look a little silly without sports uh considering i just watched first take the other day and it was four people in their bedrooms just talking about 
uh, online NASCAR races and how cool those are. Um, so I think the world is in desperate need for something right now. But I can't get hyped up on that kind of stuff either. So they, they might be a bit overrated. That's as far as I'm maybe willing to say. Um, all right. Well, you've made it through two questions. You've, if anyone is still listening at home after the answers to those questions, we do have a third question. Maybe you can possibly redeem your fans out there and, and gain them back. Um, so our surprise question this week is, Julia, what is your most interesting hobby or thing you do for fun? Oh, man. Um, oh, shoot. See, the problem is, is I'm interested in a lot of things, but I often find that the things I find really interesting are not that interesting <laughs> to other people. Um, Perfect. That's Perfect. Okay. As long as good it's question. Long- That's exactly what I want. Perfect. Um, I mean, you could pick maybe a top three and just highlight them. But yeah, what what came to mind when I said that? Okay, so here's the the thing that I think best encapsulates interesting. Um, but I've getting been getting back since the pandemic provides a little bit more downtime um, into whittling, like wood carving. <laughs> wow, that is interesting. Um. Yeah. So that's 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 a thing. Wow. Um, Good. That's. Have you whittled? anything of importance (laughs) okay so it all started i got to go to um the harry potter like thing at universal um a couple years back and i loved it and i almost bought a wand and then i was like you know what this is way too expensive and i could probably make this so then i came home and whittled the wand uh that's amazing um Uh, yeah, it was like it was great because it was crafty and nerdy, which are both things that I, I claim as part of my soul. So, yeah, it was a fun That's time. That's amazing. You have like a, Does- a whittling knife. What goes all into whittling? OK, I got a six dollar pack of some whittling tools at Michael's. <laughs> <laughs> so I am by no means an expert or well, um, well equipped. Maybe I use exactly one of those tools because I like the shape of it. Um but yeah, it's like just a little knife thing. And I try not to cut anything that I'm not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. So if you're looking for someone to whittle you a Harry Potter wand, uh, Julia is the person for you. That, um, that's perfect. All right. I think that qualifies as an interesting hobby. So uh, all right. I mean, I think you passed all three questions um with some questionable answers but i think i think we definitely get to know you a little bit more now um, because of those answers so we appreciate your honesty uh in spite of your answers um so anyways uh to get back to our topic of the day um today we're going to be talking about finding joy and the idea of finding joy in any situation Um, I think oftentimes we talk about joy and we confuse it with happiness or a temporary kind of emotional feeling of just excitement or happiness or something that's temporary. Um, But we're going to talk more about this idea of finding joy, which is a much deeper version of happiness and kind of discuss maybe even the differences between the two um, today here on the show. So I think uh, a good place to start is every single week on the OSF podcast, uh, we reach out to you guys via our Instagram page, um, typically on our story. 
Uh, we'll ask you guys to submit your question of the week based on whatever topic we're doing during the week. Um, and so if you want to uh, reach out to the show and submit your questions every week, you can follow us on Instagram at MU Spiritual Life. Um, that's at MU Spiritual Life on Instagram. And you can um, submit your questions every week for us um, to possibly ask them on the show and talk about them here. Um, so this week's question, as I was reading through a couple of them, um, it really spoke to something deeper and something that I feel is very relevant to all of us. Um, so here's the question of the week, and then we can all kind of chat about it. So um, here's the question. I am so bored of being at home. How am I supposed to find joy, even though it is so sad in my house? Wow, that is such a deep question. Yeah, that's mm. heavy. Uh, I bet so many people can relate to at least parts of that question. Yeah. Step I mean, there's a couple in there, right? Like the person is bored, which is understandable. They're looking for something like joy, but also what was the word sad? There's sad things happening in the house. Yeah, it is so sad in my house. Yeah. So I don't know if that means sad as in like the opposite of happy or sad as in lame, you know? Yeah. What the person <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's definitely relatable. I'm sure we are all bored of of being at home, but I wonder if the the subtext to this question is just that it's not a perfectly happy environment. I think <laughs> maybe something we've all realized is like the people who are under our roof when we're around them all the time. Um, it's great at first, but maybe, you know, it can get old if you're stuck with your siblings or if you're, you know, you haven't been around your parents in a long time, or I'm specifically thinking of college students who might be stuck at home and you don't have the freedom of being in your dorm room with, you know, making your own choices and you're kind of living out on your own. Um, you might now be stuck in your house um, around people that you might not be used to. So it can definitely be difficult. And that's not always a happy situation. It's not always a fun situation. Sometimes it's a sad kind of situation we're all brought into um so yeah what do you guys say to that how am i supposed to find joy even though it is so sad in my house i'd like to know how people would define joy first mm. you know like why is that different than happiness and and what would joy include that may help us get to the answer to that question yeah, um, I, I have two cents. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about joy recently, especially in the midst of such a crazy time. So I'm glad that we're starting off with this question. It's a beautiful question. I think, yeah, it speaks to a lot of us right now. Um, so, okay, for context, I am like, I'm generally what people would say is a very joyful, like sunshiny person, I guess. Um, but I think as with many people who kind of have that demeanor, like it doesn't tell the whole story. So like, um, <laughs> so the past few years learning how to deal with some of the darker stuff too, some anxiety, some depression and learning some super good coping mechanisms. And then February comes like it's a hard month personally, but it's good doing really well, actually coming to a really healthy place. And then boom, a pandemic hits. So, um, and my biggest anxiety trigger is actually illness and oh. so like I'm all like not having a good time right now like it's like oh this really sucks wow. yeah. um 
And so the idea of um, joy has been really poignant because it's bringing like it's um, <laughs> it's great, too, because a pandemic forces you to kind of face some of the questions. Sometimes we can ignore suffering and questions that we have. Um, so the other day I was basically having a conversation with the Lord and it came down to like, do I actually trust the Lord? Um, which I promise you, this is about joy, but like, do I actually trust the Lord that he is good and that no matter what happens and whether I'm like suffering or having a great time or whether I'm happy or whether I'm feeling any other emotions, do I actually trust that he's good? Um, and in that moment, terrible day I decided yes absolutely like whatever happens like there are several horrible scenarios running through my head but whatever happens I trust that he is good and I want him to do what he needs to and in that moment I still felt awful <laughs> like you know this is you know like it really it's it was a sucky day and it continued to be a really sucky day um but there's this contentment that came from knowing oh Jesus is on the throne and I'm cool with whatever he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like for me, the definition of joy is almost the contentment that comes with the trust that Jesus is actually king. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I would define it. That's so good. So it's based on yeah, that- the person or the Lord and not on your circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes yeah. it feels happy, but oftentimes it or it doesn't have to maybe. Corey, you want to jump in? I feel like you're. Uh, yeah, I, I was just, I, I think I would just highlight again that joy, joy is not, unlike happiness, joy is not about like what happens to you, right? Um, and a lot of times when we look in uh, scripture, joy is defined as a gift um, or joy is defined as something that we acquire or receive when we go through really really difficult stuff Mm. um and that's always been an interesting like correlation to me is that like when we think of joy like we think of like at least i think of like a smiley face right but but when we look you know biblically um a lot of times uh the situation that's being described specifically i think that you know the apostle paul talks about it a lot um he he talks about um receiving in the middle of affliction well you probably wouldn't be having a smiley face in the middle of affliction but in the middle of affliction you receive the joy of the holy spirit um or you know in instances um in instances all throughout scripture uh i think it's james who says um consider it joy when you go through trials and tribulations of various kinds Um, And so joy, speaking biblically, is not about um, is not about like happy circumstances or hitting, you know, hitting the lottery or something great happening to you. In fact, if you want to tie joy to a circumstance at all, more often it's tied to it's tied to hard things. Um, And I think that it's probably because, um, like Julia said, it's in those hard times where we realize um, that we're not able to find contentment in the superficial things and we're not able to um, to find pleasure in uh, in in its fullest. Really, it's like temporary and it fades. Um, That's when that's when we we kind of refined God. Um, We remember like, oh, yeah, like 
God is still in control and that if we are going to experience any type of contentment, if we're going to experience any type of joyful emotion, it's got to come from God because right now the fallen nature of our world is really getting to me and it's not going to be what makes me happy. And so it has to come from God. And I would actually argue, this is the last thing I'm going to say, that that's actually an incredible place to be. Mm. That It's interesting because that brings a sense of hopefulness to the person who asked that question. They're saying, how am I supposed to find joy? And Corey, you're saying, well, biblically, joy is often connected to hard circumstances. So the person who, who submitted that question, the answer is not the answer, but you can find hope in the fact that you're just in the right place. <laughs> like joy is just mm-hmm. around the corner. Like you're there, you're ready. The circumstance is hard and joy is linked to that biblically. It made me think of um, the Apostle Paul when he writes about being content in all things, which that used mm-hmm. to really, I, well, I still don't quite understand. How are you content in everything? Um, Julia, you were mentioning that joy and contentment are linked. I think it has a little bit to do with sort of like an inner peace that you get from the Lord. But um, in another passage that Paul wrote, he wrote in Philippians chapter four, verse four, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. And to do that through prayer and thanksgiving and presenting your request to God. Um, and that the idea of rejoicing in chapter four is actually an antidote to things that he writes about in chapter two, which is all about arguing and complaining with other people. So in the very circumstances, you know, we might be in our houses and I mean, I got to say, there's some arguing and complaining going on in my house, <laughs> right? So, and I'm sure that's true for a lot of people's houses, but the antidote to that Paul is saying is, rejoicing, rejoicing um, in the Lord through prayers and through thanksgiving. So it's not based on circumstances. If you have arguing and complaining and hard stuff and sadness in your house, there still is a potential to rejoice in that. It may not change the sad stuff in the house. Sad stuff and joy may have to stay linked together they may have to hold hands for a time but it is still possible to find joy yeah i mean that's it's definitely all over scripture is just this idea that your joy is not determined by your situation necessarily there's no way that um you there's no situation you can find yourself in uh where joy is not at least possible um because yeah, at least from a biblical perspective, your joy is not linked to yourself, your own surroundings. It's linked um, to the, you know, unchangeable creator from which joy springs, you know. And um, I think it's just beautiful and difficult to wrestle with the idea that that you cannot really produce uh, joy on your own. There's no uh, practice that you can do. There's no activity that you can do, um, really to make it happen on your own, but a true sense of like a deeper joy, um, has to come from like a contentment and a trust, um, in God. And so I think, I think, yeah, to the person who, who asked this question, I think one thing that just like you should know is that, uh, first of all it's not on you to turn it around um but also that like your access to like the creator god is where your joy will come from 
and the time you spend with him um, is where is where that joy will be. Um, one thing that I was kind of uh, I was researching joy, obviously, and, and kind of the different differences between that and happiness. Um, and I came across an interesting quote um, from C.S. Lewis, uh, which reads, uh, and he's talking about joy kind of in the section. But this one quote specifically says, all joy reminds. It is never a possession, always a desire for something longer ago or further away or still about to be. And to me, I had never really hmm. thought about it that way, but the truth about joy is um, that it truly does come from either remembering or looking forward to um, things to come or not really, and, and I think that even more echoes the sentiment that it's not about your current situation on which joy is resting, that it can come from any circumstance, but it is also, um, the sense of joy reminds you of goodness. It points you towards more goodness um, when that is found in God. So what do you guys think about the quote, the idea of that joy is always a reminder of something like long ago or something to come? I think that's interesting because inherent in that quote is the, there's action inherent mm -hmm. in it. So if we find ourselves in a point where there's deep discontentment or a lack of peace or sadness, as this person mentioned, then we can do something about that by sort of lifting up our head, lifting up our chin and thinking back, remembering, thinking differently about our circumstances or looking ahead. So just sort of getting outside of ourselves and doing some remembering and some dreaming can be an antidote to some of that sadness that mm. we're feeling. Yeah. So I'm a little, I'm a little torn on this one. I think actually, um, like I think what Linda said was so true, even back to the old Testament where so much of the old Testament is, you know, uh, leaders telling the Israelites over and over, remember the Lord, remember how he brought you out of Egypt remember the promises that he's made and fulfilled. Like, remember, remember, um, and I do think that's a source of joy. Um, I think, so I think that's totally true. I think that in my experience, joy has almost been a grounding. So it's really been in the present moment where it's like, no matter what happens next, I can be content in the moment. So, I, so it's an interesting quote in that I think there's also another dynamic where it's like, oh, I can actually, there's like the simplicity of like finding joy right now. Um, so I think that's another side of it. Um, I think hope is what, like, it's interesting that C.S. Lewis said joy. So I would love to hear more thoughts on that. But like, I think hope definitely, like hope reminds, it reminds us of the past and it flings us to the future. Um, and I think those are, you know, they're very interrelated. But yeah, interesting mm -hmm. quote for sure. Yeah, when I hear when I hear uh, that quote, I instantly uh, thought of uh, a passage uh, I just recent recently uh, taught on in First uh, Peter one. Um, joy is a is a rather uh, redundant word. Joy, rejoicing, uh, inexpressible joy, being glad. 
um, is a redundancy in First uh, Peter chapter one, and essentially what Peter is trying to get across is is that is that you now have reason on a daily basis. Like I'm acknowledging that you feel like an outsider. I'm acknowledging that you feel like times are really tough right now. I'm acknowledging that that you have been excluded from something that you have always wanted to be included on. And that feeling of rejection stinks. Um, But you have reason to, to have inexpressible joy, remembering that Jesus was resurrected and Mm. chose you. Mm. Um, And then it's, it's like the script flips. And he said, he says, in the same breath that he says, you have reason to have inexpressible joy now because of the resurrection and the implications of the resurrection on your life. You also have a whole lot of joy ahead. Hmm. Um, And he says, so be truly glad there's wonderful joy ahead, even though you're enduring trials. Now, these trials will just show that your faith is faith is genuine because these trials are just a blip. They're just a small little thing on the map. They can't even compare. You can't even side by side them compared to the things that you are going to experience someday. And he's referring to 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 heaven and eternal reward. And so so from that angle, like I, I see that I really see that. I think if you want to talk about remembering the resurrection and looking ahead to uh, the kingdom of God in its fullness. I, I, I see how, I see how he gets, yeah, he gets that I, quote. It's I so like funny. It. I also had uh, brought up first Peter like three through nine, which is exactly that he's talking about a new hope and that joy. I'm guessing that's the passage you're referring to. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's just this idea yeah. of like, when we are, we, when we can truly viscerally remember the things that have been done for us and the things that are promised ahead of us, how can that not bring about a sense of joy? Um, because the same God, the same Holy Spirit that's established those things um, is connected to us now um, in the same way. So yeah, it's definitely, I don't know. It's, it definitely caused me to think, but I, there's definitely some truth um, in finding joy and in, in remembering his goodness. Um, and so with that quote, I actually just thought I would open it up um, to the three of you. Uh, well, for all of us really to, to share. So like on this topic of joy um, and the idea of like remembering joy, I was wondering if we could each kind of just reflect on maybe like a personal experience where you're like, sometimes it's hard to define joy. Um, but I think we can all agree that we've probably felt a sense of joy or, you know, um, maybe a time period of joy in our lives. Um, and so I was wondering if each of you could kind of share maybe to, to connect with those listening, just kind of, can you give a story of a time that you felt joyful or maybe an experience that kind of explains, uh, joy on your end? I can talk about some things that I've been working through the last few years and trying to find joy just in general. Um, as my life kind of changed, my family kind of changed pretty significantly. Um, and finding joy had to do with kind of becoming a gatekeeper in my life and what influences like people or situations or, you know, things like that. I allowed into my life and what I chose as a gatekeeper to 
keep out of my life. I don't mean that to sound harsh, but just like in a, in a clear eyed way, deciding who are, who, who are the healthy people that I need to hold close to me and who, what are the situations that aren't healthy for me to be a part of or like conversations that I just want to stay away from because they bring me down. Um, and I tried to be a more active gatekeeper in my life. Um, and it also made me really aware of like what kind of influence am I in, in others' lives. But I sort of looked like I love coffee. So this is why I'm thinking of this metaphor. I sort of looked uh, at it like a like my coffee mug. Like what – if that is my life, what am I filling it with? Like what do I choose to put in that mug and what do I decide to keep out of it? And that can be hard right now. You know, as we look at that with the pandemic, it's hard to know how we could keep certain things out of our life because quarantine life is just forced upon us. But in general, I, I really made a concerted effort thinking of that mug, like, what am I going to put in there? Who am I going to keep in my life? Um, what am I going to keep consuming with regard to like news and social media and the ways that I shopped and even the types of food that I ate? And then what didn't belong in that mug anymore? Because I know that whatever I allow to be in my life is going to shape my life perspective, my outlook, and it's going to shape what I feel is going right and going wrong in the world. And then that in turn is going to shape how I view myself and how I view others and treat them. So I think it's all connected. Um, there is one thing that I do want to say with that, that mental health can complicate that idea of being a gatekeeper. And Julia, you mentioned this a little bit. And I want to mention too, just as the, in the last few years, I've been wrestling through some deep, deep sadness. Mm -hmm. And so there were many days, months, a couple years when I wanted a more positive perspective. Like I wanted my cup to be filled with happier things. But that was just not what was going to happen. Mm. Um, and so mental health-wise, sometimes you do your best and you think, if I can't find joy, then th there's just something wrong with me. You know, well, no, it could just be that your brain is wired right now to not see it, to not feel it. And that's okay. It's okay to have an outlook that's sad. It, it just may be happening. Um, so we just have to understand that mental health may have a bearing on this. But in general, I think the gatekeeper idea for me has been really important the last couple of years. And, and now on this end of it, I feel a lot of peace with the close friends that I've allowed to remain around me. I feel peace with sort of letting a couple people go um, who were not healthy, who would bring me down. Um, and like, I'm more careful about what I read, um, the type of news that I consume you know, I, I just stay away from like, uh, social media comments. Like, I just think sometimes there's just stupid comments on there that people are just not thinking. And I don't need to get riled up by that. That doesn't need to mess with me. So I just choose to stay away from it. So those are some of the things I've done. That's good. Uh, for me, I went through, um, been a year and a half or two years now uh went through a pretty a pretty difficult period um i would say like a pretty uh, yeah a pretty a pretty hard time for myself personally and um was just having a really hard time 
uh, finding joy in a lot of things. And I don't mean solely that I was unhappy. I mean, like things that used to like give me life were just not that anymore. Um, and, and that was really hard. Um, and there are all kinds of variables as to, as to how it got there. But what, what I wanted to focus on was, um, this illustration that, uh, that I heard and I can't remember who said it. And I've since gone back to try and like Google it and find who said it and everybody takes credit (laughs) for it. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know who actually said it originally. Um, but, but I was listening to a sermon and it talked about the difference, um, the difference between a vulture and a hummingbird. Have you guys heard this? No. (laughs) So, so the difference between a vulture and a hummingbird, like they're seen obviously like very different. And even like you chuckle, just like hearing it, you're like, there's all kinds of things that are different. Um, but they, but they exist very similarly. They exist, uh, in the same type of environment. Um, you know, look, look for similar things. It's just, um, the argument that, that I was listening to said that, um, that the difference is head position and what they look for. Mm. Um, and for a vulture, uh, they fly with their heads down. Um, they fly with their heads down, scouring the ground, looking for roadkill, looking for dead things. Um, and they feed off of death. They feed off of dead things. So a vulture flies, watching the ground, looking for something um, to that's already been dead and decaying. And they walk down and they fly down and they, they feed off of that. Whereas a hummingbird, a hummingbird flies with their head upright, looking, looking ahead. Um, and when they're looking to feed, what they look for is, you know, a, uh, some type of like flower bloom or some type of life um, that they are going to, they're going to eat or feed off of, off of life. And so um, the point behind, behind uh, the illustration was that, was that while, while we acknowledge that mental health is is serious that that depression is real and that um sometimes it's really hard to find joy um in many instances it is about our head position um it is about the things that we're looking for so for example if i am just looking for the bad things or if i'm just looking and i'm and i'm expecting i guess that's the better way to say it like if i'm expecting to see death then all you will Mm -hmm. find is death um but i believe that if you're expecting to see the lord at work if you're expecting um to to find the inexpressible joy that god promises and delivers through his son jesus if you are if you are genuinely looking for the life and the joy that only god can bring then I have to recall the scripture that says, seek and you will find. Um, if that is your perspective and your head position of what you're looking for, um, then, that, then that's what you'll find. And when I heard that, I realized it, it didn't, it wasn't like one of those magical, I wish it was moments where like I just snapped out of it. Um, but it did challenge me to really think about the way like, like Linda was saying, the things that I was taking in, the things that I was paying attention to, the positions that I was putting myself in and realizing that I really was just putting myself in a mm-hmm. position to be surrounded by death, mm-hmm. to be surrounded by like the darker side of things um, and not choosing to look for 
the light in every situation and not choosing to look for life um, or things that God might be might be doing. And I think you're tapping into something that is is so so important. And I mean, at least personally. So, like as I was reflecting on, I mean, obviously, I knew I was going to ask this question. I'm just kind of reflecting on uh, joyful experiences in my own life. The times where I was the most joyful, the main connection really was like the things that I was involving myself in and focusing on. And I think of like one of the most joyful times in my life recently was a time where I literally, it was, I mean, it, like I just remember there was a specific season where I like could not get enough of scripture. Like I could not get enough of reading the Bible. I had to do it daily. Like I felt like such a visceral connection. Um, and I had grown up in the church, but like I had prayed for years that I would have an actual love for the word of God. And it's so interesting. Like the more time that I felt like I spent in the scriptures, believing that this word could change me, that believing that this is the word of God, the more I focus on the light and the love and the truth of, you know, God's word, the more joy kind of poured out of me. And I think in a lot of ways, the the more I reflected on times in my life where I felt the most joyful, it was a byproduct um, of my connection to God directly. And I, and, you know, I think of seasons in my life where I was struggling the most, where I was overworked and overstressed and was not a good friend to people was the times where I was not filling myself up with things that are life-giving. I was not spending time in prayer. I was not spending time talking to God. I honestly could care less about whatever Bible study was in front of me or whatever, you know, Jesus agenda you're pushing on a Sunday morning. Um, Because in those times where I was more of a skeptic, And was like more, you know, of a, I was not looking for life. Uh, I wasn't finding it. And, and so I think there's definitely a truth there that we have to, in faith, um, be pushing ourselves towards things that influence us positively, things that are of life and be looking for life. And it multiplies. Um, And I think out of that, once we find that connection to God and look for those, those ways that he is showing life in the midst of our life. Um, the more we will feel that sense of joy um, almost as a byproduct. So yeah, that's super important. Be focusing on the things of light um, and not looking for death. That's really good. Mm, So good. Um, Yeah, I'm thinking back, trying to think of times of joy. Like I feel like I've had so much joy in my life. I'm so thankful. Like I just really have had so many seasons of joy. Um, But I think it's interesting what my mind actually wandered to was different seasons of suffering and how I dealt with those differently and the differences of the joy levels in those times. Um, So I think back to, yeah, like JD was saying, like a season where I like of a lot of stress and maybe some struggle and uh, and where I was very stubbornly trying to convince myself that I could take care of myself in that. Um, And how eventually the Lord graciously led me out of it by saying, hey, you're not supposed to be a savior to yourself. Like, you can calm down. I'm this is my occupation. (laughs) I save people. Um, And so it kind of required 
a ton of humility and surrender, which is one of my least favorite things, but is one of the best things to ever happen to me when it occasionally does authentically. Um, and so this idea of like the, the combination of, or the, I don't know, interaction between surrender and joy, um, where it's like, oh, like it's in the seasons where I'm able to surrender. And this goes, I guess this is kind of repeating what everyone else said, but it's this idea of surrendering your, um, your, your need to see the death in the situation or surrendering your need to take care of yourself or your, um, like in this pandemic, it's surrendering my uh, need to feel safe um, or my need to know that everything's going to be okay with my family um, or my need to go out and get coffee. Like, <laughs> I just want some coffee. I want to sit down and read in a coffee shop. Um, but like to surrender that need and then, and then to find joy in that. Um, but I think also on the topic of just joy and finding joy, I think um, that once you're rooted in Christ, I think there's so many things that like do give us joy in day-to-day life, just the life-giving things. Um, and so I've noticed the difference also between rest and restoration um, in my life. So I've realized that like just numbing out in front of something like Netflix or something like that mm-hmm. looks like joy, but then it is actually usually pretty draining if I do it for too long or if I go to it first um, versus restorative things. So like whittling, for example, or like doing something artistic or like actual human connection where I can actually be vulnerable and um, help others and be helped. Like that's the stuff that's actually restorative. Um, And so I think it's super important, like, oh, like I'm not doing homework or I'm not working right now. I can have some free time to invest in myself to choose things where it's like okay I've already surrendered my you know whatever I need to the Lord like I'm going to choose things that are really life-giving which is also what Linda was talking about I guess but yeah no that's really good I I think in my own life too sometimes uh I confuse like free time with rest um it's very easy to take your free time Mm -hmm. and completely scroll through it or you know binge some Netflix show like through it Um, and it doesn't actually give you rest or peace it just wastes time and it doesn't lead to a sense of joy Hmm. Uh, it might lead to a sense of sadness you might feel some emotions like while you're watching whatever show but it doesn't lead to any kind of deeper feeling if anything it leads to numbness Um, and joy is not uh, a perfect numbness joy is like an actual you know feeling that's beyond that and so I think it's important not to fill our time with things that just numb us um, from all feeling because um, that's definitely settling, you know, for something that's less, less than joy. Um, what other, oh, go ahead. That makes, me, that makes me wonder if sometimes joy isn't about adding something to our lives, but about taking something mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Like when we, and not always, but just in some, some, you know, people have to th- kind of think about their lives and, and, and decide if this is true for them. But um, like, I've been noticing the tendency too at home working all day and I've got kids and managing a household and everybody's got all their circumstances that are all different, but everybody that I've talked to talks about this sense of exhaustion. And so, yeah, they just do want to numb out in front of Netflix or, or just scroll or whatever. Um, and some of that's okay. Like self-care involves doing things that, you know, sometimes you just need to just numb out and that's fine. But 
I wonder if finding true joy has to do with stripping things away or letting things fall away from mm-hmm. our life so that we can get to the clearer or more quieter core of who we are and what we need. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's true. I, I, um, it's so funny while I was thinking about joyful, like experiences, even on a small scale, um, Corey's probably going to roll his eyes at this, but I immediately thought (laughs) I, so me and my wife are huge on traveling and I am a huge like outdoors person. I love like backpacking and hikes and just being out in nature. So I immediately, when I was thinking of joyful experiences, I was thinking of just times that I've gone camping um, or backpacking and if you know anything about the two of those things, you are definitely living without. Like there, there is less of everything. There is mm. less light. There is less uh, protection from the environment. There is less, uh, you know, plumbing. Like there, <laughs> there is less of literally everything. Um, and you know, as soon as the sun goes down, you're basically like having to turn in for the night. There's no electricity to kind of keep things going. Well, I mean. You know, if you do the, you know, the cop-out campsites, you'll have electricity, but, you know, and, but there's something beautiful about when your day simply involves being outside and then before it gets dark, you worry about getting, you know, a meal and cooking and being in community with whoever you're around and then night falls and that's the day. And it's so simple, um, but being able to remove the distractions of Netflix or Twitter or even, you know, other things that, you know, might just get in our way in the day to day. There is something about removing um, comfort that can lead to more peace and more joy. And I, you know, I've never appreciated nature or creation more um, than when I'm in those kind of environments where I'm without a lot of my creature comforts, you know. So Linda, you're de- I, I definitely would echo that point that sometimes living without can actually lead to more of a sense of joy. Yeah. Um, I actually, I have a question I would love to present to the table um, just to see what your guys' thoughts are. Um, So it's this idea, I was thinking about the fruits of the spirit. So obviously joy is like the second in a list of awesome things that we all really want more of. Um, and it's one of the actually more pleasant ones compared to like self-control or something that actually you know, <laughs> feels like a little bit of work. Um, but it, it struck me that joy and peace are maybe the only two things in that list that we would describe as feelings. Oh. Um, most of them are nouns that require action, um, like kindness. You can't be kind without some sort of action, like response to it. Um that kind of thing. So I was wondering about just the idea of joy as a verb. So what does, what do you guys think rejoicing means actually? Um, Like Linda had mentioned that it's rejoy, like this idea of remembering, but like, what is it just thankfulness? Is it peace? Is it praise? Like what does rejoicing mean? Mm, That's really good. (laughs) That's a really good question. Yeah. Joy is a noun and a verb basically. Is, Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Um. So I think the best way, I mean, and maybe it goes to some of the stuff we've been talking about, um, but this idea of rejoicing definitely is an action. Um, You can't sit on the sidelines and rejoice. It's something that you have to actively participate in. 
Um, but I think it comes like the act of rejoicing comes out of a sense of joy, which kind of, as we talked about earlier, is a byproduct, you know, of our connection to God. So I think by the process of choosing to remember or to slow down or reflect on the, you know, the promises to come, um, in that connection, uh, it stirs up a sense of joy and then there's an outpouring of it, right? So you worship, um, you pray, you thank, you have an attitude of thankfulness, but you act, if nothing else, um, out of a sense of joy. And so this idea of rejoicing probably, I mean, in my opinion, comes from feeling that joy, feeling that connection, and the hope that it brings just simply being connected to the one who's going to control um, what's to come, you know? That's a great question, though. What do you What do you think, Linda or Corey? <laughs> I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. It makes me wonder about the connection of rejoicing and gratitude. Um, mm-hmm. So this isn't necessarily an answer to your question, but it it just it connected in my brain that when we practice gratitude and we've talked about this on podcasts before we are intentionally taking time to remember here's three things that happened in my day. I'm going to write it down before I get to bed. And when I get up in the morning, I'm going to write three more. Um, and you know, brain scientists tell us that that increases serotonin, which is the feel good hormone in our body that, it helps develop new neural pathways, expands our creativity. When we chase creativity, when we pra- or I'm sorry, gratitude, when we practice gratitude. And so I wonder if the same thing is true for rejoicing. If we are finding joy, if we are naming joy in the moment or as we reflect back through the day, I wonder if that's a way of using the word joy as a, a verb. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think joy, honestly, this is this is like marrying thoughts in my head. So like, I think joy is like is active mm. um, in that in that I'll, I'll use JD's <laughs> to me miserable example of camping, <laughs> right? If JD and I if JD and I went camping together, first of all, <laughs> what happened? That made oh, man. I pray for that day to come. Um, but 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 if we if we if we went camping more realistically if like me Rachel JD and Juliana went camping Rachel and Juliana <laughs> would go have fun without us and they would ditch us and then it would leave yep. just just me just me and JD right and so for the weekend me and JD have identical experiences the exact same thing happens to me as it happens to JD. We eat the same things. We hike the same trails. We observe the same things, all that stuff, right? But at the end of the weekend, JD comes out and he feels refreshed and is and is genuinely glad. <laughs> and I'm ticked. Because in this scenario, he's the hummingbird and you're the vulture. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Boom. No, exactly. No, and that's yeah. that's, that's yeah, exactly like where I'm you, going. That's exactly where I'm going, which like is yeah. which it, which is that exactly like JD when he goes and and exactly what he is. Our, I'm just repeating what he's already said. Like he sees God at work in nature. Like he sees the beauty of God's creation. He sees like like and, and experiences God in that way. And I believe that I could too. But most likely, actually, I can guarantee you 
that that's not my first perspective when when <laughs> I if I were to stuck get stuck going camping, um, like it it would not be my natural perspective. So in that regard, I think joy is active because I would have to like choose mm-hmm. on that weekend to pause and adjust my posture yeah. and my attitude to say to say like I'm going to actively look for God. I'm going to actively like see what God has for me on this weekend. If he allowed it for allowed it for me to be on this camping trip, then there must be something here for me that that he wants me to grab a hold of. And so in that regard, like I think joy Oh, definitely. Joy I think also it's sense? funny you talked about suffering because immediately when uh Julia brought this up, I thought of a scripture that talks about suffering. Um, but also kind of addresses this idea of rejoicing, um, which is Romans five. And I think exactly what you're saying. It's, it's, it's definitely an active thing. Um, and so the scripture is, uh, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access into his grace in which we now stand. And we, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And it's this, I, I, I mean, you read that and it's like, we rejoice. We choose in the middle of our sufferings to look for life because we know for that by suffering, it produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. That hope that we have in Christ is that, you know, he has poured out his love onto us before and in front of us. So even if you're suffering in the midst of a camping trip without any comforts, you can look to God in that moment and see how he is, is providing hope even in that moment, you know? So I know that's so good. Right. And even, and even when, even when we do run the tendency to forget, mm-hmm. like it's something that is now unlocked. Right. So like, you found you found that joy and that experience once and now that is like that is your experience and that is what you take into camping so yeah. now you go into that experience with enthusiasm um yeah it might rain no you're not going to have electricity and there might be an emergency in the middle of the woods but that's not going to prevent you from going forward um with with joy um, <laughs> it would me but not you man not but you but Corey, i like your example because i also if my, if I went camping, I would want to know where the air conditioned <laughs> cabin is. I'd be glad to hike during the day. I'd be Amen. glad to have the nice fire and eat outside. But whenever it turns dark, I want to be inside in my air conditioning <laughs> in an enclosed space. But in, in, a, in a bed, bed too. No in a bed and no snake. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, you're in a, you're in a hammock. What do you mean? But <laughs> okay, whatever. But we're on a different camping trip, apparently. But what I think, Corey, what you made me think of is that on that scenario we're looking for joy not just in the circumstance but you're 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 taking joy in the people around you you know you're one of your close friends jd and your wife and and so on you're taking joy in people you're tra- you're trying to look around and take joy in elements like hey this fire it's amazing it's like nature's television i could stare <laughs> at it for hours you know you're taking joy in probably the food you're highlighting even more the warmth of the sleeping bag that you may not have noticed or even thought of. Like you're really looking at people and places and elements 
and you're on the lookout, you're not just letting it happen to you, like, like a wave of feeling that's happening to you. You're turning around and you're taking an active posture and you're looking, you're seeking. Yeah. And And I think to like bring it out of the metaphor, I mean, even to just like reflect on these past couple of weeks of the stay at home order when it comes to, um, you know, how we've all been thrown into different environments. Like I have found actually a lot of joyful moments that have come out of being forced to be at home all the time. Like, first of all, my, my dog is happier Mm. than she has ever been in her life because she goes for a walk (laughs) every single day. And like, I mean, sometimes twice a day because literally we just need to get out of the house. Um, but like those walks that, you know, being outside or, or doing something that's uncomfortable just brings so much joy. I have never like video chatted more with people in my entire life than this pandemic. It's, it is constant. I've had video chats with my grandma even, which never would have happened pre-pandemic. Um, so like, I guess even in our current context, are there other ways that you guys have found joy um, through our situation right now? For sure. I'm trying to think. I feel like there have been so many, um, which is ironic considering (laughs) the story that I started us off with. Um, But this idea, um, like I have absolutely loved seeing the way that people support each other. Um, So that's brought me a ton of joy. Like suddenly everyone was like, okay, who's the neighbor that needs help? Like everyone's just looking around like, okay, who can I, who can I call that's lonely? Um, And I love that. Um, also, I just, I freaking love reading. I love reading so much. And just like the RD life, it just doesn't have a ton of time for reading. And so I've been reading so much and like writing and other things that are like, oh, like these are some beautiful, slow things that I don't usually carve out time for. And so I've just been super thankful for that. Um, yeah. So I think those the, kind of the connections to other people and connections to self that come with slowness that I'm really, really appreciative of and have been real Mm. moments of joy. I've been noticing in myself that, and I talked to somebody else about this today, that I'll have days that feel more upbeat and then Mm. they'll be followed by a day or two that really feel crappy. Um, And that that's maybe more normal. Like there's not something wrong Mm. with me. It's, it's the fact that right now our, everyone globally our brains are stuck in fight or flight mode mm-hmm. and um and that that's panic mode so we are panic thinking all the time right now and we may not even notice it in ourselves but emotionally and physically it's impacting us um and so some days i'll be like yep yeah, i got it i i'm gonna do this work thing i love my students i got things settled for my kids i'm gonna make dinner I'll play with my dog and rest tonight and then some days it's just really tough. And I think, how am I going to get this done? That doesn't mean that I'm failing at joy. Mm-hmm. It just means that um, there are going to be ups and downs and they can be accepted as they are, but it doesn't have to shake a core sense of peacefulness that I have personally, that the Lord is with me, that he's got my life in control. He has a better plan than I ever will. So I, I can release things to him um, he loves me. He loves my children. He, he's got us um, in his hands. And so that isn't being shaken for me. Um, 
so I guess I just want to encourage people, like if you're not feeling joy all the time, it's okay. Um, your brain, our brains just are working in a different way right now. And to say something to that real quick, uh, I read an article the other day talking about Maslow's uh, pyramid of needs or the hierarchy of needs um, and how typically like the average American and this, I mean, it's just, I don't know much about psychology, but you know, the average American is typically dealing in the level of needs, which, you know, deal with self-respect, self-esteem, your need is status or recognition or strength. Um, and that's like normally where we can healthily live is around the three or the four. Um, but we are in the like red zone of area two right now as a globe, which is like personal security, employment resources, our health. Um, and that is not sustainable long-term, um, from a psychological perspective. Um, and so like that qualifies in our basic needs category and all of humanity's basic needs as in survival and safety right now are not being met. So yes, it is totally, totally understandable to feel a little bit off, um, because of that. But yeah, that's a great point. Corey, how have you, uh, been finding joy amidst the pandemic? Uh, you know, it was a struggle at first. Uh, not even, not even going to pretend like I was, that I was (laughs) thrilled about any element of this. Um, uh, however, I would say that, um, you know, I would say the last like week or two has been, has been kind of a turning point for me. Um, you know, I have, I have had similar to what you were saying, JD, like I have video called with more people, um, than than I ever mm-hmm. ever ever used combined before. Um, but I, um, my goodness, whoever bought stock in Zoom before <laughs> this is just is just incredible. And I just, um, but you know, for me, the joy um, has really come from like a lot of relationships that some of which that have been um, rekindled, and some of which um, I feel like have gotten closer. Um, that before I couldn't put a lot into because they weren't in, you know, the city, the county, even Northeast Ohio, like most people, it's funny, like the people that I feel like I talk to, you know, so much in the evenings, uh, most of them are not even in Ohio right now. Um, and, uh, but that's been, that's been so good for me, uh, connecting, uh, connecting with Eddie all the time in Virginia, um, and some of my some of my friends who pastor uh, multi-ethnic churches in in Texas and in California and in Cincinnati and uh, that I just don't get to see or even talk to a lot um, because of the circumstances and because of everything going on like they it's weird like they've just become you know uh, a regular rhythmic part of my week now as well um, because I can talk to them the same as I can talk to somebody who's down the street um, and that's always been there before right? Like we've always had this capability. This isn't brand new. They didn't develop it for quarantine. Um, but, uh, but, but man, like, like the way, the way that, um, God has just brought those relationships to, to my doorstep, um, is, has really been, it's been big for me. And I think it's important, like you're saying, Corey, like, I think it's important for people to take note of what is changing and what good, what goodness has come out of the last six weeks. And 
Like, are those things that are more core? Are they more basic? Are they more foundational? Can we hold on to those things when culture starts speeding up again, when we have more access to things that bring noise and visuals to our life, when the pace of life starts to ramp up again? Can we hold on to the things that are core and foundational that we found again, or maybe found for the first time because we had to, you know, those points of joy that can last. Yeah, no, that's so true. And and hopefully, you know, like nothing is lost in the kingdom of God. So this time that we're all spending in our houses or, you know, culturally changing is not lost. It can actually be used like for the glory of God. And so I think that is my hope too, for people is that through this time that we see, you know, the beautiful things that come out of it and incorporate it, you know, back in whatever the new future holds for us, you know, hopefully post pandemic. So it's definitely good to realize and, and hold on to that and make, you know, make that change. And I mean, you look at, you know, the donations by everybody and the support from communities and um, just like, there's so much good that has come out of it. I really do hope we continue to, to pour in, into our communities, you know, after all this is done. Um, and so I think it's time to kind of wrap up things here um, on the podcast. I just want to open it up. If any of you have a last encouragement, maybe even to go back to that original question of how can I find joy in my home right now? Um, if, what last encouragements um, do any of you have um, for people who might not be feeling uh, a sense of joy right now or things that, you know, some helpful advice while we, we all try to find joy together? I think I would like to say to that person who submitted our question very specifically, and then anybody else that feels like him or her, uh, I'd like to give you a blessing from Romans chapter 15. It's Romans 15, 13. So whoever you are, here's the verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's beautiful. Um, I think that what I, what comes to mind is especially being in the midst of, um, in the midst of some mental health things amidst all this and me, you know, uh, knowing that a lot of our student population at Malone, like that, that's a common thing that there might be lots of people who are going through this, like, hey, we're already at a disadvantage in when it comes to the finding joy category. Um, and so something that really has come to mind a lot recently is the idea of Emmanuel, just like the idea that God's with us. Um, and so as I was reading about joy in the Bible and stuff, um, I came across Hebrews twelve two, which reads, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So this idea that like, um, that Jesus not only is with us, um, but that there's this idea that he, he suffered so much for the joy of it. And so this, and like, I don't think he thought the crucifixion was fun at all. And our experience right now doesn't have to be fun at all. Like we don't, there's not a pressure to feel happy in the midst of this, but to know that there's a joy set before us and that also that God is with us in this time. Yeah, I would, uh, I would piggyback off that and just say, you know, 
um, true inexpressible joy um, is a manifestation and a fruit of, of the Holy Spirit's mm. presence in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is a gift, is a gift that can only be given by God when we come to acceptance of his son, Jesus. And God also promises um, that if you look for him, mm. you'll find him. And so I guess applying the transitive property, um, <laughs> shout out to my 10th grade geometry teacher, it's the only thing I picked up. Um, but, but apply, applying that, like, if you really, if you really want to find joy, joy comes from the spirit, the spirit comes from God. And God says, if you look for me, Amen. You'll find that's it. That's the truth. That's so good. I, yeah. I have nothing left to add except a scripture that we actually referenced earlier in the podcast that I've dwelt on in times where I'm seeking joy. Um, and so, yeah, for those of you listening who are just looking for hope, I um, hope this encourages you. Um, so it's first Peter one, um, starting in verse three. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes through it, tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see, not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so we hope that today through the podcast, you were encouraged um, to chase joy, to find joy, to seek joy, um, and truly to seek after God. I think after all that we've talked about, the one thing that, I mean, if you're summing all of this up is if you're hoping to find joy, you have to choose to seek after God. And so we really hope that um, from you listening today, that it pushes you to seek God in the middle of your circumstance. We promise you that your circumstance does not determine the amount of joy you can have um, because your joy is linked um, to God who is eternal and everlasting and his wealth of joy that he will give you does not change um, based on circumstance. And so we really hope um, that today was encouraging for you. Um, Julia, we wanna thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Yeah, we, so we had a blast recording. So thanks for taking time out of your day. Um, we will be back next week with, I think, Linda, is next week our last podcast? It is. Wow. So this has been a blast to record this. Thank you guys who have followed us since the very beginning. We have our last episode next week. And that's it for the semester. So thank you guys for all the support. If you want to submit your question for a chance to be the last user submitted question for the entire podcast this semester please follow us at mu spiritual life and you can listen to this podcast on spotify i think it's now on itunes um but please follow us for the last podcast and please share this with your friends who are hopefully um, needing some encouragement around this time if you're hoping to share um, a bit of joy with them please feel free to share this around and, and hopefully we can be an encouragement so thanks again for listening. We appreciate you joining the OSF podcast and we will see you next week for the last episode of the OSF podcast. 
Thanks for listening.